I'm John Carter in Moscow. Now in Kiev, the capital of Ukraine. I'm John Carter in Petra, reporting from India. In Colombia. I'm John Carter. Today, on the Carter Report, Pastor Carter brings us the triumph of Protestantism. I'm just so glad to welcome you today to the Carter Report. The topic is an exciting one. The triumph of Protestantism. Just a little over 500 years ago, Martin Luther put his 95 theses up on the door of a Roman Catholic church and shook the world. We're going to talk about that today. The triumph of Protestantism. I get every week the Economist magazine. It's published in the United States of America, but it's edited and written basically in England. It's, in a, it's an amazing magazine. And The Economist magazine tells the story of a little town in Guadalamara. Now, this, this is not a religious magazine. Uh, this is not put out by the far right. This is not evangelical. This is completely secular. And uh, it talks about Martin Luther and uh, the triumph of Protestantism. And this secular magazine starts by telling the story of a little town in Guatemala, which is called El Molonga. It says this, uh, once upon a time, it was full of crime and drugs and prostitutes. It was just, it, just a terrible place. In the summer of 1974, a 26-year-old Mayan villager lay drunk in a town square in the highlands of Guatemala. Suddenly, he heard a voice that was to change the course of his life and that of his hometown, El Molonga. El Molonga. <laughs> I was lying there and saw Jesus saying, I love you and I, I want you to serve me, says the man. He dusted himself down, sobered up, and soon started preaching, establishing a Protestant congregation in a room not far from the town's ancient Catholic church. The magazine goes on and says that this town was about as, as bad as you can imagine, full of prostitutes, full of drugs. The people were dreadfully poor. But then The Economist magazine said, when Protestantism came to town, there was a tremendous revolution and the druggies went away, and the prostitutes were out of business. It is now the most prosperous part of this, of this land, of Guatemala. Uh, I discovered today, and uh, this, is, this, is, this is really sort of funny. You see the carrots here on the screen? Well, I'm told they're about the biggest carrots in the world. <laughs> it seems as though God just put his blessing upon that town that for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years had been steeped in the religion of another church. So we're going to talk today about uh, the triumphs of Protestantism. Uh, I think I'll show you another statement over here too in The Economist magazine. It says, changed lives, changed lives, changed places. Elmo Longa's Pentecostal believers 
have brought new energy to their town. Where once the prison was full and drunks slumped in the streets, there is now a buzz of activity. A secondary school opened in 2003. It sends some of its graduates, all members of the indigenous Kiche people, to national universities. We want one of our students to work at NASA, says Oscar, who chairs the school board. Uh, you know, it's, it's almost too hard to believe. But this place had been such a poverty place. But then the gospel of Martin Luther, more correctly, the gospel of the Bible came to this town. Now, let me ask you, let me ask this question. And I don't say this to offend our Catholic friends, but I'm going to say just the same because it's the truth. What is so different about Protestantism? Why is the Protestant movement so different to the Roman Catholic movement? Here it is. In the Roman Catholic Church, the emphasis is on the church and on earthly priests and on the Pope himself. But in the Protestant Church, the emphasis is not on the church. The emphasis is on the Lord Jesus Christ. And so they have a saying, as, as you know, I'm going to talk about this as we go along. They have a saying, sola Christus, which means only Christ. Now, I want you to open your Bibles and come over here with me to John chapter 14 and verse 6, dear friends, where Jesus is talking, John 14 verse 6 Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So the Bible teaches that the only way that you can be saved and the only way that you can enjoy life to the full is not through the hierarchy, but through the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and Protestants believe this, and I, I, I'm proud to be a Protestant. We believe that we don't need an earthly priest. We do not believe that we need to go and confess our sins to a priest because we believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Now, I want you to come over here in the Bible to the book of Hebrews chapter 4, over here in the New Testament. And these texts, of course, have been used over and over by our Protestant brothers and sisters. Hebrews chapter 4 and verses 14 to 16. Here it is. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Because I'm a Protestant, because I believe the Bible, I believe that I don't need to go through a priest. The Bible tells me I can come boldly to God through Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, not just come, the Bible says, I can come, what does it say? Boldly, with confidence. I want you to come over the page now to Hebrews 6, 19 and 20. Hebrews 6, 19 and 20. It says, 
This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil, where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Now, when this doctrine got into the hearts of people that you don't need an earthly priest and you don't need a, a pope in Rome, uh, it was a tremendous liberating influence. I'm a child of God. I don't have to confess my sins to some other sinful human being. The Bible says I can go right into the very presence of God. I was thinking about this the other night as I was uh, cogitating on what I was going to say today, and I thought of Amazon and the mall. Uh, everybody in America used to go to the mall. A lot of people still go to the mall. But the mall is starting to lose out to Amazon. You all know this. This is where the shopping's going on. You go to the mall to meet and to greet but to Amazon to do business, you see? You go to the mall because you like the glitz and the glamour, the miracles, the mystery, and the authority. That's why you go to the mall. You like the glitz and the glamour. But if you want to do a good bargain, <laughs> a lot of people no longer go to the mall. They go to Amazon because there is no middleman. Now, the Protestants under Martin Luther and going back before Martin Luther, they discovered that they didn't have to go to the mall anymore to be saved. They could go straight to the Lord Jesus Christ and there was no middleman. So the mall is a little bit like the Vatican, <laughs> but Amazon... Uh, is like Protestantism, and it is based on the great truth, and I want you to learn these Latin words. Um, one of the great hindrances to the advancement of, of knowledge and progress is just old-fashioned uh, ignorance. And the Protestants, they glorified in these Latin words, and the first one was sola Christos. Sola Christos, it simply means all I need is the Lord Jesus Christ. And if all I need is the Lord Jesus Christ, then I am a free man and I am saved and I'm going home to glory. Now, just listen to what this secular magazine says, if you don't mind. It says this. At the heart of this Protestant faith were and our three beliefs resting on the Latin word, for our loan. And just try to remember this stuff, folks. Sola fide, that people are saved by faith in Jesus alone, not by anything they can do. This is a secular magazine. Sola gratia, that this faith is given by grace alone and cannot be earned. And sola scriptura, that it is based on the authority of the Bible alone and not on the tradition of the church. And I don't care what church it is. Our authority is the word of God, not the church. You see? 
In a way that complemented the broader themes of the Renaissance, Luther wanted Christians to go back to the pristine gospel, the teachings of Christ and uh, the apostles. This return offered a new sort of freedom, one centered on the individual which helped pave the way for modernity. Now, now this, this is quite astounding from a secular magazine. The separation of powers, toleration, freedom of conscience, these are all Protestant ideas. You want to know why America became the greatest nation in the world? It is because America was founded by Protestants who believed in Christ and who believed that they could go to Amazon and didn't have to go to the mall. Now, it's true. Now, who started the Protestant church? I want you to think about that. Who started this Protestant church? A lot of you folks are going to say it was that uh, German theologian, that German monk, priest, Martin Luther. But I would suggest to you that Martin Luther did not start the Protestant church, but the Protestant church was started by the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'll prove it to you. Come over here with me to Matthew chapter 16, verses 12 and onwards. Matthew chapter 16 and uh, verses onwards in the Bible where it talks about the foundation of the church. Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Jesus said, beware bad teaching. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah and others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, never forget it. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, Peter, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell or Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. It is very plain here that the true church is built upon the rock. Our beloved Roman Catholic friends say that Peter is the rock. If this is so, we are all lost. We are all lost if the church is built upon a sinful human being. Peter was a stone. At the most, he was a little rock. Have you heard the expression, he petered out? Have you heard that expression? He petered out. I would not want to build the church upon a man who had the reputation for 
petering out. But the Bible teaches very plainly that the true church was never built upon Peter, who was now dead and buried and asleep. But the true church was built upon the rock of ages, who is the Lord Jesus Christ. And I will prove it to you. I will prove it to you. We will come to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4, dear hearts and gentle people. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4 says, And all drank that same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. What does it say? That, what does it say? That rock was Christ. How plain can it get? The Bible says that rock was Peter. No, that rock was Christ. Now don't get upset with me because I'm reading from the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 11 says, For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. The Bible says there is no other foundation for the church than the Lord Jesus Christ. God has laid the foundation. The church was not built upon Peter. It was built upon Christ, the rock. Now come back with me to the Old Testament, to the book of Deuteronomy 32 and verses 3 and 4. Deuteronomy 32 and verses 3 and 4. 32, 3 and 4, the Bible says, He is the rock. His work is perfect. For all his ways are justice. A God of truth and without injustice, righteous and upright is he. The Bible says that we have a rock. And the Bible says that rock is a God of truth and without injustice. And so... The Protestant church or the true Christian church was never built upon a man. Man's church was built upon a man, but God's church was built upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And so this is why the Protestant reformers preached not only sola scriptura, but they preached sola Christos, Christ alone, Christ alone, Christ our high priest and This has a tremendous liberating influence upon the soul. Now listen. But after the apostles, there came a a falling away in the Christian church. Please turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 3 and 4. The Bible says, Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first, the falling away, the great apostasy. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. The Bible prophet Paul said that after his departure and the departure of the holy apostles, there would come falling away from the truth of God. And he specifically said that this would 
give birth or give rise to a man of sin who sat in the church of God. Now, let me tell you some history. After the apostles, the truth was lost and the light went out. Not only did the church conquer Rome, but Rome conquered the church. And pagan Roman teachings invaded the church. That is why she is called uh, the Roman church. Because her teachings came from Rome. You didn't know that? I've written down 25 distinct heresies that invaded the church. Roman teachings, pagan teachings, Number one, purgatory. Martin Luther said, uh, it is the doctrine of the devil because the saints are unconscious. So how can the saints be tormented after their deaths? And you won't read a purgatory in the Bible. It is a heresy. Indulgences whereby a person could be relieved of the temporal punishment for his sins by an offering to the church. Relics, the keeping of the bones of the saints, even the bones of the apostles and portions of the cross of Christ, all pious frauds. The sprinkling of babies, when the Bible speaks about the immersion of Adults, Sunday keeping the day of the sun honored by Rome. The doctrine of eternal torment that God will burn people for trillions of years which made God uh, the terrorist in chief. The immortality of the soul that Martin Luther rejected. An earthly priesthood whereby people were taught to go and confess their sins to earthly human beings whose lives were often more stained in sin than theirs. The confessional, celibacy. But of course, Peter was a married man, and they tell me he was the first pope, which of course is a fraud. Papal infallibility, that when the Holy Father spoke in his official capacity, his utterances were as the voice of God. Still believed today. Tradition, instead of the word, salvation by good works, done by the aid of the Holy Spirit. The intercession of the dead saints, that the dead saints can intercede for us. The veneration of Mary, the mother of God. The veneration of images, the persecution of heretics, tens of millions put to death by the church. The church, the interpreter of the word of God. You cannot understand it because you're a lay person and you're too dumb. The union of church and state, 
that rule the world for a thousand years and cause the great dark ages. The Immaculate Conception, which means that Mary's mother was conceived immaculately and purged of all original sin. Prayers for the dead, that you can pray for dead people to get their souls out of purgatory. The Mass, whereby the bread and the wine became the actual body and the blood of Christ, and the priest was given the awesome power to offer up God upon the altar. What a blasphemy. Monasteries where every type of sin was committed, blind obedience, and the coming of a new Pontifex Maximus. Now, I'm afraid to say most people don't even know these things, but the official title of the Caesar was Caesar, he's divine, Augustus, Pontifex Maximus. That is the name of the Caesar. And then you come to the name of the leader of the church, Sixtus, or the present Pope, Pontifex Maximus. And in all their inscriptions, like Gregory, Pontifex Maximus. And so after the apostles had been laid to rest, there came a falling away, and the church went into the blackness of the dark ages, this spiritual system of deception plunged the world into darkness that historians call the Dark Ages. And that is why the great British scholar, Dr. Wiley said, the noonday of the papacy was the midnight of the world. Hence, the need for Protestantism. More to come in just a moment. Stay with us. The Antichrist is in the temple of God. I will read you the actual words of the great Roman Catholic Church. More than a billion people pray to the dead. But the Bible talks very plainly about good angels and bad angels. Why on earth were you and I born? This DVD series from John Carter will be yours with a gift of $50 US or $70 Australian. Write to us at the address on the screen. Shipping is free in the US and Australia. Visit carterreport.org, your home for inspirational teaching. One point three billion people live in India. Two hundred million of these are Dalits. Dalits, formerly called untouchables, are the lowest members of the caste system. 
100% of your gift will go to fund projects for daylit girls as an alternative to slavery and prostitution. Your gift of $600 will educate, clothe, and feed one daylit girl between 5 and 15 years of age for one year. Go to carterreport.org or to the address on the screen to send your gift of $600 and change the life of one Indian daylit girl for one full year. For a copy of today's program, please contact us at P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Or in Australia, contact us at P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. This program is made possible through the generous support of viewers like you. We thank you for your continued support. May God richly bless you.